This is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with Providence Advisors Group. Our show is called Making Finances Easier. I'm joined with my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning. So, Garrett, uh, Halloween's over. Uh, October, obviously, is over. We got Thanksgiving in our sights coming down the pike. What was your uh, Hall uh, Halloween? Uh, Thanksgiving tradition growing up. What do you remember about Thanksgiving? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I kind of remember, maybe it was the next day, but this is a random thought. Uh, I remember the Thanksgiving season. Like, my parents got newspapers. Remember the newspapers, those things that people delivered <laughs> to your house? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I just remember, like, Thanksgiving like, is like officially the first day of Christmas season. And uh, I remember as a kid, it was like Thanksgiving. That means Christmas is basically here and, you know, going through the newspaper and pulling out all the toy catalogs to see what the new toys that were going to be available for Christmas. But that's just kind of a side memory as I remember, I was just remembering getting the newspaper every morning. My kids don't know what that is. Um, but I, I think our, our big family Thanksgiving tradition was probably uh, I grew up in a very close-knit community north of Nashville and uh, we used to have something called Crawford Thanksgiving where all my cousins would come together wow. at lunchtime you know it obviously grew through the years as our cousins uh, <laughs> accumulated and my, my dad is one of five and they're all large families and uh, then the, whatever the next generation after me started coming along but there's just a lot of people there in fact I took Eva uh, our first year of being married and she was a little bit overwhelmed with how many people Not were bad. in the same house uh, <laughs> but it, it was always uh, fun we'd grab a football play football in the back you'd have enough people to actually field two full touch football teams uh, which was a rarity uh, but you could have a quarterback a line a running back and uh, those those were good times but our big family get togethers of uh, you know we probably had 40 or more there through my childhood and it was fun that's, what about you Paul? That's great well you know that that reminded me when you were uh, talking about the difference uh, when you uh, when you got married. But uh, there's a meme going around, and he does a bunch of these. Uh, I don't know his name. Sandy just showed me one where it's this guy kind of all he does is kind of you see his face and he's kind of got this forlorn look on his face and he has you know print on the screen of some some thought that he's having, and one of them is uh, saying. I've, I, I, I've secretly been praying I don't marry someone who does 5Ks on holidays. <laughs> and, um, and so... Uh, I did that. Yeah. So <clears throat> every, every family is a little bit different what they kind of get out of it. But I know growing up, uh, mom made uh, some amazing sweet potatoes and we'd have, you know, the typical uh, dressing. Uh, she did more cornbread 
cornbread dressing with uh, you know the turkey and all the fixings etc and uh, and it was a big you know I was so into football you know when I was little so we too would play you know football with kids in the neighborhood as much as possible and um, and it, it was usually it, it was usually sometimes it was two hand touch uh, but a lot of times we would just play tackle you oh, know yeah. until and we would just play until too many people were hurt to continue playing <laughs> and um uh, but we just, it wasn't a thought process that, uh, wow, this could be dangerous. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so anyway, th- those, those were fun times. Really, really different now, uh, but, uh, but those were fun. It seemed like, wasn't it uh, uh, Dallas that always played on Thanksgiving or something? Yeah, so we used to. Lions are usually always playing. Yeah. Maybe Dallas is another one, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at any rate. So today, you know, one of the things that's happened uh, really since you and I have been uh, working together is how the required minimum distribution rules, uh, RMD, RMD for required minimum distribution rules, have changed uh, just in our tenure. And one of the places where they have changed that we deal with quite a bit, and I think our listeners is... um, you know, baby boomers continue to, uh, well, World War II, that generation, then baby boomers continue to, to pass away. People are receiving um, inheritance. Uh, an IRA is, would be very common. And the rules have changed about how they handle it. And we probably deal with this weekly. I, I know at least weekly. Yeah. And, and so you've been in the thick of it some. So uh, I, th- I think you, your idea was good. Let's let's unpack this a little bit and try to blow away some of the fogginess so people understand what their obligations are as a beneficiary IRA. So let's say, um, uh, again, not to let uh, – I mean, do you want to set it up any more than yeah, that? Yeah, well, I, I, a little personal story here. I've been in the industry now for 10 years. I got my – CFP designation four four years ago or so, uh, and you know it's like everything you you I remember going through my CFP coursework and it's just loaded down with facts that you have to memorize and uh, part of that was required minimum distributions for an inherited account so it takes some real work to like learn the rules and why they do them and you get it all put in your head and uh, then you start thinking well I doubt there's a lot of people out there that even know that it's this nuanced uh probably use some software you know kind of prideful thinking a little bit and i get out of my cfp training and you know i've got all this stuff down and then uh you know, 2020, 2020 <laughs> hits and secure act one secure act two and uh they changed the rmd ages from the 70 and a half holy grail no, i don't in fact i don't even know how old that number is but at least for the longest time everybody yeah, knew it. 70 yep. and a half they had That's to start right. required minimum distributions and then 70 and a half became quickly 72 they finally touched that golden cow and moved Ta-da. it back yeah. and then you think okay well i can deal with that one change everything else is kind of the same and then they changed seven, 72 to 73 and now it's 73 and 75 and at the same time they bumped up the life and life expectancy factors that cause rmds to go down a little bit because people are uh living longer and then another part of the secure act was well hey we 
we can't let people stretch these IRAs anymore where they take yep. a small amount of money out for the rest of their life. They're gaming the system. So they basically implemented this 10-year rule that we'll talk about here in a second. But I'll start this off by saying, boy, I was feeling pretty confident that I knew all the rules. And you realize why some people don't have this memorized. It's because Congress is changing the rules right. all the time. Right. Uh, and so with clients... Over the past two years in particular, I, I do this stuff for a living, but it's been changed so quickly, so fast, and not even like incremental changes. The Congress will say no RMDs during the 10-year period, or at least that's the general feeling of what they're saying. And then they'll come out with a note and say, oh, you know, that might not be what we're thinking. So yeah. just just hang on there. Or during COVID, them saying, hey, no RMDs. They don't have yeah, to take any bring at that all. One. In 2020, it was no RMDs. And in 2021, I had clients calling and saying, they're not going to make us take RMDs again this year. Well, no, actually, the, the rules, it's been really complicated. Right, right. And so even right now with clients, and before we got into this this show, I told Paul, I said, uh, some of these rules are really tricky now, and I, I don't want to get into like a rule book here because even now they're, they're shifting a little bit. But with each client, I've had to say uh, let me just get the facts of like when your parent or when your close relative died that you're inheriting money from. I get the date of death from them. Uh, I, I get an amount. And then we start to kind of go look at the rule book of... So were they taking an RMD and, yeah, or, or were and, they not? Or? And so like, let's, just to keep it simple for today's show... <laughs> Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. I wanted to butt in for a second. If you have questions about RMDs and how to satisfy them, uh, you know your particular situation, whatever, uh, give us a call. Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. Makingfinanceseasier.com. Go ahead, Garrett. Yeah, I'll put these in like just a few general categories without putting like the technical terms here. But like one of the most like gracious relationships that you can have. I say gracious from an IRA perspective is like when you're married and your spouse dies, uh, there are gracious rules there for what the IRS is going to say you have to do with that money. Meaning if your spouse dies and they have an IRA, they're not going to tell you you have to take all that out within 10 years or we're going to tax the living daylights out of it. In fact, it's pretty simple. You get that sum as if it's been your IRA all along. Yeah, you can can assume it. I think there's even another way you can go based on how old, maybe they're much older than you have some flexibility, but the, uh, the... the good news uh, in a situation like that is that the the rules are not overly burdensome for a spouse when they die, and so it usually works out in the spouse's favor. Now, when we get outside of your spouse dying, that's when all these extra rules uh, come into play. Maybe you're trying to pass an IRA to your child. Maybe you don't have children, and you're passing it to a friend. Maybe you're passing it to a charity. And that's where a lot of these inherited IRA rules that get a little complicated come yes. up. Uh, and so it used to be, I'm not even sure whether it's worth mentioning, but it used to be that, uh, l- let's say, uh, a couple, there's one parent still living, they have a million-dollar 
IRA that's left over. They have two children. They leave it to them $500,000 to each child. It used to be that each child could take a small amount based on their life expectancy for the rest of their life. And, uh, you know, it, it worked out fine. They could pay the tax little by little as the years went by. Well, that's that was called a stretch IRA, and that's no longer available. Now, uh, in a general sense, uh, you you're probably going to have to have well, you're going to have to have that IRA by the child completely dispersed from the traditional inherited IRA by ten years or by the end of the tenth year. And so, if a child inherits five hundred thousand dollars, let's say mom and dad were eighty five when they died, there's a thirty year age difference now. The child is fifty five to sixty five when they inherit that IRA. Uh, in our industry for the past couple of years, the theoretical problem there is that uh, a child is inheriting an IRA and in peak income earning time between 55 and 65, maybe when their tax bracket is the highest, and that's a problem. Uh, but uh, shift a little bit from the technical parts, let's kind of come back to what we're doing with clients here. Um, there is a financial planning and tax planning challenge when you inherit money from a parent in an IRA. <clears throat> and that would be, uh, and I've even seen it over the past couple years. So for a lot of people, they're going to inherit it from a parent. The current stance of the IRA, IRS is that you have to take a little RMD during that 10-year window. But a lot of clients are saying, well, how much do, I guess they're first saying, how does this all work the first year? Mm-hmm. And we'll walk them through and say that you've got to, you must take out, uh, you know, a, a small amount. Let's just call it $7,000 this year. And they'll say, okay, well, I don't need it. I'm still working. So let's just take that money out that I have to. We'll pay taxes on it. And a lot of times they'll send it to their bank or maybe they'll reinvest it at Schwab. There's another option called a qualified charitable distribution that if you're older than age 70 and a half, you can do. But a lot of people will uh, have a choice to make about what they want to do with that $7,000 inherited RMD. And uh, I think one of the challenges, and this is where I, I, I kind of the idea behind doing a show here is that even even with clients you can kind of take this lackadaisical attitude that I'll just deal with that later uh, let's say I have a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollar IRA from a parent well I'm just going to take out the minimum amount this month or this year and then I'll just deal with it later because you know you have to take some educated uh, guesses about what you think the next 10 years are going to look like and uh, maybe within a year is realistically predictable but 10 years away for a lot of people that's hard and uh, the one client story that I have recently is that he's he's close to 60 Uh, he's thinking he's going to work until somewhere between 65 and 67 we're in like year two of 10 years for his inherited IRA that he received. And uh, the RMD, I think, was it, it was a small one, but let's, let's call it $5,000 that he was going to have to take out. Or maybe it was 4000 And uh, the easy thing to do would have been just to say, let's send it to your bank, you know, spend it however you want to. But uh, where we ended up in the meeting was we pulled up uh, kind of some tax projection software uh, he's married to somebody that's 12 years younger 
than him. And the younger spouse makes uh, more money than him. It was somewhere around 100000 a year in salary. And so I just kind of looked at the tax brackets. I projected out, you know, eight more years. And his wife, younger wife, was still going to be working. And they're probably going to be in the 22% tax bracket for the remainder of his 10-year payout period. And so... Uh, Really, instead of like this idea that we're going to delay it until after he quits working in three or four or five years, it, you know, it, it, it's kind of a good news, bad news. The bad news is he wasn't going to escape the 22% tax bracket. The IRS has kind of got him right where they want him. The good news is by knowing that he's got the 22% tax bracket probably through the remainder of his uh, 10 years and Arguably, it could go up a little bit if the tax brackets go back up to where they were at the end of 2025. But uh, basically, it freed him up to take a larger RMD this year. And he's doing retirement contributions at work. But the additional financial planning task we did was uh, we're going to distribute enough that we can do a $7,500 2023 Roth IRA contribution. So you can't go from the inherited IRA directly to the Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. I mean, you probably could, but the IRS doesn't like that. So it's much cleaner to send that to your checking account, have the federal tax withheld, it generates a a 1099R. And then we were going to redirect enough of that inherited IRA. I think it was like 9,000 something withheld taxes, it came out to 7500 and we maxed out a Roth IRA for him because he was under the income limits. And yeah. so, uh, you know, not not huge, uh, maybe not a huge impact in year one, but I think if you give it 25 years, that'll have a big, big difference for him. And we may keep doing that for the next five years while he keeps working. And it allows him to contribute at work, allows him to make a Roth IRA contribution each year. And... Uh, he, with no planning, I think he would have fell into, I'll just take out the minimum amount each year. Yeah. And at the end of the 10th year, okay, I got to take out 45000 right. Okay, well, that's 20, maybe bumps him up to 24%. But he missed all the Roth yeah. contributions along the way. And I, I hear that, and I, you know, one of the things that goes to my mind is people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan that um, some of these things, w- would he have been, quote, okay, unquote, to just pull out a certain amount and just, you know, just keep it out of mind, out of sight. Well, he would have left some money on the table. It wouldn't have been optimized. And one of the ways that we um, that we add value and why, our, why we would argue our fee is uh, well worth it is by trimming away at the edges and creating efficiencies, we can pay for our fee. And so I think it's interesting the considerations and the thought processes you went through, not only future tax brackets, current tax brackets, age of spouse, um, you know, income planning, financial planning for the future. Uh, there are a few. There are a few kind of assumptions that people make as, oh, hey, I'm working now, my taxes will be lower later. Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. You know, maybe they'll be this exact same as they are. In fact, we often see that as the case, unless somebody makes just a huge salary and they, they're fine with not making very much in retirement. So to, to summarize, so let's say um, uh, somebody who's uh, 50 years old comes to you 
and says, hey, my uh, 79-year-old dad just died. I'm uh, Me and my brother and my sister, we're splitting an IRA three ways. Uh, what do I do? Uh, what, what would be some considerations you would encourage them? I mean, obviously, it, it'd be... Uh, we're, we're dealing with kind of a straw man out there of, of we don't have a lot of details, but I think part of what you're going to tell me is you're going to try to get into the details of what's going on. But wh- where would you start with this individual? Uh, yeah, honestly, I probably would start more with setting their expectations that this isn't as simple as you call a 1-800 number and they send you a check for the money. Um, I think our clients and beneficiaries are often sometimes surprised that if mom or dad had an IRA at another institution, that the other institution, like, well, I'm not going to name names, but uh, they'll say, okay, in order to get funds transferred from mom or dad's account, you're going to have to open up an IRA at our firm or an inherited IRA, and you need to fill out a bunch of paperwork, and then you need to transfer those funds over to your Sometimes it can feel like you're getting sold yeah. and like they want you to keep those funds at the company, but that's the that's how they transfer assets at a parent's death. You have to open up an account at that firm, and then only after you've done all that, which can take more than a month, can you then transfer those funds to your own custodian that you use. So if they're in a hurry, you tell them don't be. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think hurry is always a problem, but it's just they're kind of amazed that the process that right. beneficiaries have to go through, which is another kind of thing we do for clients as we set those expectations. But after the money has actually been transferred into their name, you'll probably have to open up another inherited IRA at the company you actually use because consolidation is helpful. Then you're going to need to work with your siblings to see if mom or dad took their RMD the year that they died. And if not, you've got to take care of that or the beneficiaries need to have a little joint meeting of how they're going to take care of that. And then the following year, you're back to your own schedule where it doesn't matter what your siblings are doing. And you've got to figure out the 1231 value of your account and you've got to calculate your first RMD and that's going to be dependent on when your parents died and your age and your spouse's age uh, and we're off to the races. And the 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 decedent, the person who died, they have to take an RMD the year in the year of death. Correct. Before any inheritance goes out. Uh I think it can. I think there's some latitude there. Uh, beneficiaries can take because if a decedent died on January 1st, the IRS gives the executor the ability to, to gotcha. take care of that. Gotcha. Inherited IRAs, lots of stuff. Eight six five seven seven zero five zero three one. If we, uh, we'll find out later uh, today if we're going to keep the radio show going. If you have other questions, you be sure and let us know. Um, but for now, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. 
accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.